Welcome to episode 5 of Degrassi Talks. Degrassi Talks, coast to coast, we hear real stories from real people. Degrassi Talks, Degrassi listens, we're not alone, let's do this together. Degrassi Talks. We are halfway to 10 episodes now, kind of impressive. And we're also less than a week until new episodes of Degrassi return. So that's why this week we are doing a Season 10 recap show. We'll be talking about the major Season 10 storylines so far and where we think they will lead in the future. Also, we've got a ton of news to discuss this week because it's been a very busy week in Degrassi universe. So it's also been a very busy week in my own life, too. I don't know about you guys, but this week has just been crazy for me. How has your week been? Uh, mine's been pretty normal. Um, you know, just work... Um, you know, this week's actually been pretty calm, so, which is a nice, nice and relaxing from the past couple weeks I've had, so, mine's actually been pretty good. What about you, Ash? Uh, it was alright. I had exams, and of course I got sick right before exams, the day right before exams, so, I'm still a little bit sick, but, um, I'm glad that the new semester is starting for me, so tomorrow, new semester, ooh. (laughs) That's cool. So you have new classes and everything? Yeah. New teachers? Yeah. Well, I've already had all... Well, no, I haven't had all the teachers before, but, like, I already know them and stuff, so it should be all right. That's good. Do you know how you did on your exams? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. But hopefully all right. I hate hate the waiting part. It's like, you took it, you're, like, relieved and everything, and then it's just, like, waiting to see what you got. I hated that part. Yeah, exactly. And usually you have to, like, wait three weeks for your report card to come out, and it's just like, ugh. Basically, the only long. Yeah, basically the only way that you can find out your marks is if you're failing, because the teacher will, like, call you and be like, you're you're (laughs) failing. (laughs) You need to come in and pass. So. So I guess no news is good news. Yeah, exactly. Um, So two Fridays ago, Ashley and I also had the opportunity to go and watch Jake Epstein in a play he was in, which was called uh, Danny Girl. And for those of you who don't know, this play was put on by Takas Free Theatre in Barrie, and Jake was starring in the play alongside his sister Gabby. The whole story is about a young girl dealing with the fact that she has cancer. So I had a great time seeing this play. What about you, Ashley? What did you think of it? I loved it. (laughs) Um, it was great. I, I really, really loved it, and I liked the way how it was executed, and I liked the environment that it was in, because it was actually in, like, a community medical center, um, and the seats were in, like, an L shape, and Aaron and I sat right in the center at the front, and it was really, really hard at times for me, because they, it would be such a serious scene, and, like, one of the actors, she was crying, right? So she'd, she stood, like, she stared right at, like, ooh. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> she stared, when she was crying, she looked at me. And I was trying so hard not to laugh because it was really, really funny, and I don't know why. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Jake or his sister, though. It was the, the girl who played the mom. But <laughs> yeah, it was so weird because, like, there's no stage at all, like, they're on the floor, like, the same level as us, and we're just sitting literally, like, a foot in front of them. Like, I could have reached out and, like, grabbed the actors. Yeah, I was afraid like, of that. That's how <laughs> close we were. And um, there was only three rows of seats, too. Oh so, like, it was very small. Yeah. And, 
yeah, but it was it was really good, and Jake was hilarious. Oh my god. Jake kind of played, like, uh, he played the young girl's guardian angel, but he also plays, like, other figments of her imagination, too, so, like, he plays the role of, like, what she imagines to be cancer, so for that, like, he had these, like, dark sunglasses on, and, like, put on this accent, oh and, like, did this, like, pretending to be, like, an evil genius kind of thing, yeah, or, like, evil cancer, so funny. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, is it more, like, a, is it more comedic, or is it more, like, drama? Because, I mean, it's, the, 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 the plot sounds pretty serious, but it sounds like they kind of make a comedic twist to it. Is it, like, both, like a dramedy? Yeah, it was kind of, like, the, the storyline was serious, mm -hmm. but because it's to told from the point of view of a little girl okay. uh, who doesn't, like, fully understand everything, you kind of see it from her point of view, and a lot of it is what's going on in her imagination, mm -hmm. so. Interesting. Yeah. Glad you guys had fun. Yeah, it was cool just to see Jake again yeah. and everything, too. So. Did you guys yeah. stage door it like you guys wanted to? Uh, no. No, we didn't. Well, there wasn't really, like, a stage door or anything. Like, when we got there, we realized, right. like, where the play was. And we were just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Ashley and I were, like, the only ones there under the age of 50. Oh, God. So, Get out. It was no, really seriously. Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's, like, all these people, and, oh, this guy was sitting beside me. He was really rude. But, um, oh. anyways, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. We were the youngest mm -hmm. people there. Yeah. We had a good time. Yeah, good. we did. <laughs> I'm glad we went. <laughs> so before we get into the news this week, I have to read an email I got the other day because it was really funny. Um, this email is from Jordan, who said the most adorable thing ever, which is that apparently I sound like Fiona on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jordan was like, oh, I picture you to look exactly like Fiona and <laughs> all this stuff, which I thought that was a, a very nice compliment, a Jordan, compliment. because yeah, I, know. <laughs> I think my voice sounds weird. So <laughs> I guess one thing Fiona and I have in common is that we both can't sing, so <laughs> I sound like her in that sense. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jordan also agrees with us in saying that Eli isn't going to die. Uh, very true, I think. But, you know, watch us all be wrong, and then that would be funny. <laughs> I agree with you, Jordan. I don't think he's going to yeah. die. Yeah. And uh, Jordan also wants to know our opinion on that shot in the promo of Allie's backpack getting stolen. So how do you guys think that happens? Is she going to get mugged or something? Yeah, you know what's funny is that, like, all these promos come out, and I, and I kind of get muddled between, you know, because they go so fast and, like, all the scenes... Uh, in like you know a short amount of time I actually really just saw that like I just really focused in on that one scene just yesterday when I was watching a bit of the marathon on Teen Nick and um, it's hysterical because like I'm not hysterical because obviously she's in a bad situation but it's like someone literally is just ripping a backpack that infamous backpack away from her and like I'm assuming what happens is that you know she runs away she's lost you know she's probably in a not-so-great area in town, and then she probably, you know, and of course the most unfortunate thing happens, the only thing she has on her is that her backpack gets stolen, and then she probably ends up having to go home after that. Um, I, that's my take on it. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's anything, like, serious, like, anything more happens, like, she gets, you know, held at gunpoint or anything like that. I just think some, some like, kid just goes up and steals her backpack. Yeah, I think you're right. That's yeah. what I think happens, too. Yeah, I agree. Good, we're all in agreement. Yay! 
So, in the news this week, we've got new episode summaries, a new promo came out from T. Nick, new interviews with the cast, and much more, so hopefully we can get through it all, because there's a lot to talk about. So let's start with the new summaries for the first episode, When Love Takes Over. We've got two summaries, one from T. Nick and one from Much Music, so I'm just going to read them to you guys. Uh, The T. Nick summary says, It's Sweetheart Week at Degrassi. Fiona and Adam are back on track. Maybe. Anya's in love, but not of age, and even Dave found a girlfriend, if he can get over himself. And the Much Music summary says, Sweetheart Week hits Degrassi, and Adam is shocked by his newfound connection with Fiona. That is until Fiona's drinking habits become out of control. He's willing to turn a blind eye if that means they get to spend time together, but begins to wonder if he's the problem. Meanwhile, Anya is thrilled to hear that her mother has been proclaimed cancer-free, but is not thrilled that she won't get to see cute and funny Dr. Chris anymore, but when romance blooms, Anya is thrilled. Good thing he doesn't know she's a 17-year-old high school student. So, are you guys excited about Fiona and Adam getting the first episode? Yes, I am excited that Fiona and Adam are getting the first episode. Um, They kind of left it off. I mean, even though we know kind of what happens because of the promos, um, I'm excited they're getting it, um, as opposed to, like, Eli or Claire, because I I feel like they're going to save that for later anyway. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for the Fiona and Adam storyline, but not so much the other storylines in this episode. They don't seem that great to me, like, especially the Anya, Dr. Chris thing. I'm not looking forward to that, really. I think I'm the only one looking forward to that storyline. <laughs> I seriously think I am. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I really like the Paige, Mr. Oleander storyline, and I think I'm going to have really high expectations for it. And I don't know if the expectations are going to be met. But I don't know. I'm kind of um, excited to see how that's going to go. And I am excited for Fiona and Adam, but I don't know. I'm a little bit excited for the whole Anya and Dr. Chris thing. Yeah, I really want to see how that Anya storyline plays out. I mean, you know, it's kind of been done before, but, I mean, Dr. Chris, I mean, he's not, like, I don't think Dr. Chris is anywhere near Mr. Oleander's age. Mm -hmm. Mr. Oleander was literally, like, right out of college, right? And Dr. Chris is a full-fledged doctor, and so and you need to be have to have tons of schooling to be, you know, a certified doctor. So that's a really, really big age gap between Anya mm-hmm. and Dr. Chris. So I think that's kind of, that's probably the only thing I'm interested in. I mean, we obviously, we know these storylines never work out in the end, you know, in favor of the couple, but um, I'm just interested to see how they play that out. Well, I guess, like, what I'm most disappointed about is, like, in the Much Music summary, how it just says... Anya is thrilled that her mom has been proclaimed cancer-free, but hasn't it only been, like, a couple of months, and now she's just, like, suddenly better, and I just am disappointed that they're, like, dropping that storyline so fast, and, like, moving Mm -hmm. on to this, like, Anya-Dr. Chris storyline, because, like, I thought that the um, storyline with Anya and her mom was really good, in fact, I thought it was, like, one of the best storylines that started during the Boiling Point, and, you know, I think I've said this in previous podcasts, but... And that's something that, like, so many kids can relate to. Like, everybody, well, not everybody, but most people know somebody who has, like, gone through chemotherapy. And, um, like, I just feel like they could have done so much more with that and just, like, missed the boat completely. Like, it could have been a really amazing emotional storyline. Instead, it's just, like, Anya starts a romance, and that's, like, what's come out of it. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's true. No, yeah, you have a point. It's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, okay, she's cancer-free, yeah, yeah, now I'm going to focus on Dr. Chris. 
I guess, like, the Dave plot, it might be kind of funny, but it also doesn't really sound that interesting yet. Yeah. Well, because the new character comes in in that episode, right? Sadie. Mm -hmm. So, and she's in grade 9, so I guess we'll see, you know, what's going to happen with that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we like her, because she's probably going to be in it for the long haul. Yeah, unless she (laughs) leaves unexpectedly. Into the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so we also found out from Teen Nick that uh, the way we get by, which is the episode after when Love Takes Over, is the Drew and Bianca storyline. And then Jesus, etc. is going to be the Eclair storyline with the return of Fitz. So, I mean, I guess not too surprising. I think everyone you know, knew that an episode called Jesus, etc. was going to be a Claire plot. But, um... I don't know, do you guys think that this is going to be the car accident episode, or is that not until the finale? Um, I think that's finale material. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think some stuff has to formulate, like, you know, obviously some rift in the relationship has to happen, so I think that's probably the focus on um, Jesus, etc. But, um, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I think so, too. And then, like, Hide and Seek is probably going to be the alley goes missing episode, just oh, yeah. by the title. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's probably going to be a Riley and Zane main plot. I hope so. so. Mm-hmm. I hope so, too. Because we might not. So, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, uh, in other news, uh, Stefan Brogren, a.k.a. Snake on Degrassi, responded to the recent North American Skins controversy. He was actually part of a panel discussion with the National Post on Skins and the reaction to the new MTV version of the show. So Stefan seems to support the North American Skins. He says that he's a big fan of the original British version, and his best friend directed a bunch of episodes of the North American version. And also, obviously, Degrassi is known for pushing boundaries. So the only difference is that Degrassi always has like a negative consequence to pretty much everything. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but I feel like a lot of the reviews for the new skins are like constantly comparing it to Degrassi. So <laughs> what do you guys think about that? And have you been watching the MTV skins yet? Um, I, I, I watched the first episode out of just mm-hmm. sheer curiosity because, you know, I haven't really been watching. Um, I haven't watched at all, actually, the, any of the UK skins. So, and then when I heard the US skins was coming out, I was, you know, um, I- instantly curious. And um, I just love how literally everybody was comparing it to Degrassi. I mean, I actually think Degrassi was trending on Twitter, I think, nationally, um, because everybody was literally tweeting, like, Skins is is Degrassi on crack, Um, which I think is, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not really a fan of the franchise at all. I mean, I just watched that first episode, and I really wasn't impressed by it. but Stefan's article, um, he, he had a little blurb in Entertainment Weekly on it, and he mm-hmm. said that um, he said that he he supports you know the U.S. skins and 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 all that because I think his, yeah I think yeah his friend directed a couple of uh, episodes on skins so like he has to like it I guess, but um, I think he's all for like comparing Degrassi to Skins, which is um, which is kind of weird because I, I don't know I just think they're two totally different. Like they, they they approach things very very differently. You know what I mean? Degrassi kind of tiptoes around it and like 
um, oh, kind of walks on eggshells and doesn't, and then skin just kind of goes right into it. Um, so yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think that like Degrassian skins are completely different. Now, see, I adore skins, not so much the U.S. version. Um, I mean, I think the U.S. version is okay. I actually haven't seen the third episode yet. I've only seen the first two. But I really love the, the British version. But in terms of Degrassian skins, like, the only thing that they really have in common is that they're, like, kind of known for being controversial. But, like, Degrassi is more educational. Like, that's always what I thought about Degrassi, is that, like, it's an educational program. Like, you're supposed to take something away from the episodes. Whereas with Skins, I mean, Skins can be, you know, a show about morality for sure. But um, not in the kind of, like, you know, this character does drugs and then they get into trouble kind of thing, you know. Um there are no negative consequences on skins, whereas on Degrassi there are always negative consequences. So that's kind of the main difference as I see it. Alright, so moving on, uh, a new Degrassi soundtrack came out this week, and it features songs from season 10 and pretty much every single Jessica Tyler song that's been on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did any of you guys download the soundtrack? Um, I didn't. Um, I took a look at the the, the track list and it's actually really good though I might um, but yeah I mean I, I think I'll probably avoid the Jessica Taylor song sorry <laughs> sorry Jessica Taylor um, but yeah what about you guys um, I, di- I didn't download it either I didn't even know that a soundtrack was coming out until it came out <laughs> I was like what's this yeah. me either <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't download it, or I haven't downloaded it yet. But I think I will eventually, or I'll just like pick the songs that I like and download them. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, they have these like character dialogue intros. Like some of the songs are just like the characters talking, and it's just like a line from the show kind of thing, which I thought was kind of strange. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kind of cool. If you want to listen to Monroe say his line over and over again, I guess, but <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> Just listen to uh, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so also, um, the trailer and official website for Ray's new film came out this week, and I'm so excited about that. Um, the movie is called Fondy 91, I think, and it's all about the adventures of a Jersey-based high school soccer team's trip to Europe. The film is scheduled to be released sometime this fall, though we don't have an actual date yet. So, I don't know about you guys, but I hope this movie does well, because I think it looks really good. And I love Ray. So yeah, hopefully I'll <laughs> <all> do. <laughs> Definitely. I'm excited. What did you guys think of the trailer? I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and I'm pretty sure that it is a feature film, so I'm really excited to like be able to go see it in the theaters. But I really, really loved the whole, like, plot of the storyline and stuff, and it seems like Ray is going to be, like, this big main character. Like, I knew he was going to be the main character, but I didn't think he'd have that big of a role, I guess. But, I don't know, I'm excited to see him in a different kind of role than Sav, since they kind of seem a little bit different. Yeah, I think it looks really neat. I love, like, coming-of-age stories and um, the fact that it's, like, takes place in Europe and everything going to be really cool. Yeah. Plus, Ray is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, I mean, do we 
I mean, it's a feature film, right? Everyone's saying, like, will it be released in theaters? Yeah. I, I don't know if they have, like, a distribution company yet. Okay. I'm not sure, but, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully it gets picked up by somebody or something like that. Oh, God, I just pulled up the website. It's just a huge picture. <laughs> it's just a huge picture of Ray. He actually looks really good in it. If, every, if anyone wants to check it out, it's www.fondy91themovie.com. Um, you, you guys can watch this trailer on there. It's actually, oh, it looks so cool. Oh, look at him. He's all official now, Ray. I know, he's so yeah. cute. Right? <laughs> the pictures are really cute on it, too, so everyone go check it out. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, um, before we get to the promo, which is the big news of the week, um, I have to mention my interview with Annie Clark. So Epitome Pictures let me do an email interview with Annie, which was really cool. So you can check that out on DegassiFans.com. I got to ask her about what she thinks will happen for Fiona in the future, to which she said that Fiona should become editor-in-chief of Vogue, which I totally approve of that. <laughs> um, she also said that she and Ben Lewis, who plays Bobby, got to meet with a social worker to prepare for their abusive relationship storyline. And she mentioned that she's thinking about visiting... Landon in Australia while he films at Terranova or whatever that show is, <laughs> which I thought was really sweet, and apparently Charlotte might go too. So, that was cool. Um, did you guys like the interview, I hope? Yeah, I yeah. really liked it. Yeah. It was really insightful. Did you, you just emailed her a bunch of questions, or, and then she just, re- it was just filled out when he came back? Yep. Very cool. Yep, that was awesome. So, uh, moving on to the promo then, the big news this week was the new Team Nick promo, which premiered on Friday. And a lot of the scenes were clips that we've already seen in other promos, but there are a few uh, new clips as well, mostly Eli and Claire stuff. So, we've got this uh, new line from Eli in which he says, As your boyfriend, my job is to protect you. And Claire doesn't seem too happy about that. So, what what do you guys think about that, really? (laughs) Oh God. I don't know. I think he, I think he's getting really, really territorial. Um, yeah. Claire. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess he really, really likes her. Um, yeah. Claire. Claire doesn't look too too pleased by it. So it's just. Um, I just really want to know what happens. You know, <laughs> like yeah, what exactly yeah. does he do, or like, or like how pushy he is? Because, I mean, it easily could be that. Claire is just completely overreacting or is just freaking out at the fact that things are moving really fast in their relationship. So, I mean, we don't we don't really know who the culprit is. Right now they're making it seem like Eli is the one, you know, being um, being really, really pushy, but who knows? Yeah, right now to me it sort of looks like Eli is just acting very strange. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I could be totally wrong once I see the episodes, obviously. But, you know, then like, the next part, when Claire says, you scare me, like, I was totally with her on that. Like, he was scaring me, and I was just watching the promo. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Like, no, he looks really menacing. Like He just looks, seems, like, very possessive. Yeah. And, um, and then, obviously, like, with the whole Julia thing, you got to wonder, like, if he just wants Julia back or whatever. I don't know what's going on in his head. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the promos always over-exaggerate what's going to happen with them. Like, I feel like Eclair is always overhyped, 
so maybe, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just, I'm not, like, totally convinced that it's going to be, like, this huge blow-up between them. Like, I don't know, I'm not sure. Well, he does scream, you ripped my heart out over the phone, apparently. <laughs> I, I I feel kind of bad, because I kind of laughed when I saw that Oh no, part. I did yeah, too. his face looks like, oh god. I know, it looks scary, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. So, yeah, hopefully he doesn't die then. You never know. But, like, you know, everyone's tweeting, you know, um, I mean, not everybody, but, you know, rumors are flying around Twitter all over the place that, you know, Eli dies. And I I know Carrie set everyone straight on one of his... Degrassi Radio shows that, you know, mm-hmm. we're just joking, like, you know what I mean? Like, if we say Eli dies, we, we really don't know if he dies or not, and that's totally true, especially when, especially when we talk about it on our podcast, mm-hmm. like, you know, we really don't know anything, so if we say he dies, you know, he, we're just, it's just our assumption, so I hope no one's freaking out at the fact that we keep on talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we know, like, we know something, we really don't. <laughs> I know, that's why I said it would be funny if he actually does, because right now everyone's just kind of saying it as a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it, like, actually came true. Yeah. The joke's kind of on us, I guess. I heard somewhere, it was, like, a speculation that they thought that Declan would die. Oh, yeah. Which would kind of make sense if he's leaving to go on Terra Nova, but mm-hmm. we will see. For him to die, he'd have to come back first, though. Yeah, yeah I don't right. think he's you're ever right. going to come back at all, yeah. to be honest. So, I guess we can move on to our main discussion now, which is our recap of Season 10. So, what we're going to do is just basically go through most of the characters and talk about their storylines this year. So, like, what we liked about their storyline, what we didn't like, uh, what we want to see more of in the coming episodes. So, um, I thought we might as well start with Allie, because she's had a very interesting year at Degrassi so far. You know, started out with just this relationship storyline with Drew... And then the whole boiling room thing, um, <laughs> debacle, and uh, and then obviously changing schools too. So, um, what did you guys think about Ali's storyline storyline this year? Have you been enjoying it so far? Um, yeah, I, I think Ali's storyline. Just this poor girl. She's been. I think she's been through a lot this season. Um, I was. I think definitely. What I, what I took from her though, mostly from the season, is the fact that she was trying so so hard to be popular th- this year for some reason. I mean, you know she's been aiming for that in previous seasons, but I mean not so much more. I mean it's, been, it's just so much more prominent in this season that she's just really trying to like, you know, be with the most popular guy in school and you know do this and do that and. Um, I guess it's safe to say for me, I like her less now than I did before. Um, so I just hope that, you know, when she comes back, you know, she kind of gets her head on straight and, you know, hopefully starts fresh. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked uh, the storyline about her changing schools, actually. You know, there were some really good scenes in that episode. And that episode, like, it was kind of bittersweet to me because, like, I, I really liked the storyline, obviously, like I said. Um, but also, like, 
I couldn't help but feel like really frustrated while watching that episode. But like I think that's how it was supposed to feel, mm-hmm. you know, because like just everything that was going on was just so unfair. You know, like the fact that the boys didn't have to go to like the self esteem thing, or you know, the fact that um, like Bianca was getting not you Bianca, but the Jurassic <laughs> Bianca was getting um, like all the all the blame for what happened, and was, like it bothered me. But I like I think that that's kind of the message that Degrassi was trying to get across. You know, the way that like even the way, um, like, Allie's interaction with her parents in that episode. Like, she was just so ashamed. And I felt really bad for her, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, I, I agree with you, Bianca, that, um, like, her storyline, especially during the boiling point, was very superficial, and it was just, like, all about getting Drew, and I didn't really care for that storyline very much, but I think that uh, in the more recent episodes, it's been better. Yeah, I agree with you, and I like the recent episodes that Allie's been in, but I didn't really like the whole Allie trying to get Drew and them dating and all that stuff. I didn't really like that at all. Yeah. Well, Drew's just not a very um, interesting character yet. No. So it was hard for me to really care. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so another character who's had a, a lot of storylines this year is Fiona. And um, what with, obviously, starting out the uh, Bobby storyline, which I think a lot of people really loved. And then the drinking storyline, and now the storyline with Adam. Uh, She's had a tough year as well, (laughs) Uh, running away from New York and everything. So, um, yeah, how do you guys feel about Fiona right now? Still liking her? Fiona really just went downhill for me ever since she kissed her brother. Um, <laughs> I thought, I mean, we all know Degrassi goes there, but I think Degrassi really, really, really went there that time. Yeah, um, I didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it was just really weird, and it's, um, I'm pretty sure I blogged about this in the past, that, like, you know, it, it's going to be really, really hard to redeem her after just that, and that happened in the beginning of the season, and then and then as the season went on, you know, more stuff started happening to her. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting and, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a good watch. But liking her as a character is just really, really hard for me now. You know, uh, up to the events thus far. So, I mean, obviously things change, you know. We switch liking characters, you know, like switching a light. So, um so, that, I mean, that could always change. But for right now, that's where she stands for me. Like, she's just not on the top of my list. Yeah, I completely agree about, like, the kissing Declan thing. <laughs> like, see, in season nine, like, I always really liked Fiona and Declan's relationship. Like, I thought, you know, they they were twins and how they cared about each other was really sweet. Well, I don't really like Declan anymore <laughs> either. Um, but that's another story. Um, but, like, the whole them kissing just made it creepy. And even if, like, some people say, like, there already was a level of creepiness to their relationship, but, like, I never really saw it that way, so the fact that it actually went to there just kind of ruined it for me, and I don't know. I just, like, I don't really get why Degrassi had to do that or, like, what I was supposed to take away from the scene other than, like, oh, my God, incest, (laughs) isn't that funny? Like, (laughs) you know, it just seemed really stupid and just, like, 
you know, a way to get people to watch as opposed to something like I was supposed to take away any kind of emotion from. So yeah, it was really yeah. overhyped. But I, I still do like Fiona. <laughs> mhm. I don't know. I, I really liked how they did the whole alcoholism story, but I don't really like how they ended it. Like, and we know that it's going to come back and everything like that, but I kind of just didn't really like how they kind of ended it abruptly. Um, but we're going to see anyways, because she's going to make a comeback with the whole alcoholism story. Yeah, I did like how we saw her drinking, like, in previous episodes. Like, it wasn't just um, purple pills. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like, you kind of saw it coming. Um, and there were some good scenes in Purple Pills, too, that I really liked, but, yeah, I, I agree, I think they, it ended kind of strange, but, yeah. Anyways, um, obviously the, the big storyline to come out of season 10 was Eli and Claire, which is, like, a phenomenon now, <laughs> that I don't, like, I said, I think I said this on a previous podcast, but I don't think that there's ever been a Degrassi relationship that is so overwhelmingly popular the way that Eli and Clara. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, tol- I definitely, definitely agree. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said this before, too. I think, you know, the only one that's, I think, really come close to this is maybe... Um, is maybe Sema or Palix, because I know Palix was huge when they came out. Mm-hmm. Um... But I mean, it's just—it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know if it's just the Monroe fan girls being, you know, really driving the force. Or for me, for me, I mean, obviously it's not really Monroe for me, but it's um, more so the relationship. I just love how it developed. Um, you know, they—you know—they really took its time in developing the relationship, and um, you know, it really wasn't so much of a of a physical thing, but more so they connected, you know, more on, on an emotional level. I know we've said that previously in the past. Um, and I think that's just why everyone took, everyone is, you know, you know, really taking them to heart and, you know, really shipping them so much is because, you know, um, it's really, really relatable, you know. So I love them. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't get the all of the hype that is with Eclair. Like, like I understand, you know, everybody likes them and everything, but I just don't understand why everybody is so like obsessed with you know all the things that are happening. And I think maybe part of it is probably because you know Monroe's in it, and everybody's like a Monroe fangirl and everything like that. But I really like how their uh, storyline has developed, though, because usually with Degrassi relationships, it's very like fast and you know one episode they're not talking at all and then the next they're in like a full-fledged relationship so I'm glad that you know over time they've kind of developed into a couple yeah for sure I think like the secret to Eli and Claire is um well first of all Claire is like a character that you don't often see on teen dramas but she's a girl that I think a lot of girls out there can really relate to oh yeah she's for some yeah yeah, for, like, for some reason, you know, teen dramas, like, they always have, like, the mean girl character, or they have, like, you know, the really, like, nerdy character or whatever, but they've never really had, like, you know, a good girl character who is still open-minded to people like Adam, and so I think that, you know, like, a lot of girls out there can really connect to that. Like, I know when I was in high school, I was definitely, like, the good girl, <laughs> like, the responsible one, so, um... I definitely see why, like, a lot of girls 
connect with Claire. And then, like, Eli is just, you know, he's, like, this mysterious, like, sort of bad boy, but not too bad kind of of thing. And, um, you know, know, all the Claire's of the world, obviously, really like him, and it's it's easy to see why. So I think that's why they're so popular. And, um, I mean, you can't deny the fact that, like, they have, like, Eli and Claire have brought so many new fans to Degrassi, and, like, just the Degrassi fan base has, like, increased so much this past year, and I think a lot of it has to do with them. So. Yeah, I definitely agree on, on what you said about um, about Claire. I think I don't think I don't think I really know anyone that doesn't like Claire as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so I don't know. She's just great, you know. And I think everyone literally likes. On top of that, you know, Aislinn and you know, just a mixture of you know her the personality that she has, you know, on Degrassi and her personality, just Aislinn, you know, on her real-life character. Um, it's just a mixture of that. She just has, like, a huge, huge fan base, and, you know, mix mix that with the Monroe fangirls, and you just have, like, a huge force. So, I mean, kudos to them. Um, <laughs> Degrassi writers really found a formula that really, really works and was super successful this season. So, um, yeah, let's just hope they don't yeah. screw it up. Otherwise, a lot of people would be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not end the storyline in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, um, and then, of course, we have Adam, a very important character this year, and a, a new storyline for Degrassi, and, well, pretty, pretty much, like, every teen drama out there. Um, you know, Adam definitely has, like, his own unique fan base, as well as just general Degrassi fans who have loved his episodes so far, and I think that Adam's storyline is one of my personal favorites this year. What about you guys? Um, yeah, Adam's, um, Adam's definitely one of my favorites this year, too, um, just because it's something that we've, uh, you know, never seen before, um, and I think it was approached in a, ve- in, in, in a good way, um, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen next. Um, you know, Adam, you know, finally, like, you know, finally finding out, you know, what he is and, you know, um, and how that came out. And now, like, the second steps, like, now that we know what he, now that we know that, you know, Adam is, you know, transgender, um, you know, what is going to happen next, so. Yeah, I think it's cool that, um, you know, he had this whole storyline in uh, My Body is a Cage, which is, like, a very, very good episode, actually. Like, I think that's one of my favorite episodes of Degrassi. But now, you know, like, the fact that he is transgender, like, I feel like they aren't really making that into a huge deal. You know, he's just kind of, like, a guy like everybody else, mm-hmm. especially with the Fiona story. Yeah, I just like Ruth, both of you. They see that a lot. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I hope that Degrassi wins their GLAAD award for it. Oh, me too. You know, I don't, it's cool because, like, I don't, I can't really think of another teen drama that has has done a storyline. Nope. I don't know about you guys. Nope. I haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really great. And moving on to the other storylines this year, there's also Holly J, Sab, and Declan, which caused a lot of controversy and mayhem and uh, in the fandom this year for sure. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, so I feel like we could dedicate a whole podcast to discussing that storyline, <laughs> but um, just in general, um, how do you guys feel about how like Holly J and Declan ended, and I guess the new Holly J Sav relationship and where that's going? Um, Holly J and Declan, I I really liked them um, originally. Um, I thought their relationship was great, and then it kind of got thrown, you know, into rocky waters, and then, I mean, I don't know, I think I was, I was still a fan, even though it kind of got thrown, um, even though it kind of got thrown there, um, and then when all that stuff happened with, um, that episode where, you know, we don't know if she got raped, or did she get raped, did she didn't, just, I think a whole, just a whole bunch of miscommunication in that episode, um, I don't know, I still kind of like them, <laughs> I just think they're really cute together, um, and then when Holly J and Sav came up, thought that was kind of weird because that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so I mean, at the end of the day, I think I'm I'm I lean more towards Holly J and Declan, even though all that stuff happened. I kind of just disregard it because I think it's just like I said, just a big bunch of miscommunication um, instead of Holly J and Sav. Because I don't know, I just feel like. Um, it just came out of nowhere, and it was like, oh, okay, Sav's there, he's open, he's free, let's just pair Holly J up with Sav. Um, not sure where that's going to lead. I mean, we all know that they're graduating at the end of the the season, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who she's going to end up with. Yeah, like, I, I definitely, um, I felt that way about Holly J and Sav, like, at the beginning. Uh, when they were first put together, because it, it did sort of seem like the writers didn't really know what to do with Sav or Holly J, so they just, like, put them together mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, um, uh, what was I saying? So, I mean, I didn't I didn't really, like, strongly dislike them, uh, but I, you know, didn't really feel very much for them either. But, um, see, I personally, like, strongly disliked Love Lockdown, the, like, maybe rape episode. Mm -hmm. And, like, to me, I just thought that that episode was, like, that's the one time that there needed to be, like, a clear-cut response from Degrassi. Like, Degrassi needed to really um, say, like, yes, this is rape, or no, this isn't rape, instead of this, like, middle ground thing that they were trying to do, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I, you know, I usually don't like it when Degrassi has, like, very you know, clear-cut morality, but this is sort of just, like, that one time where I felt that it was necessary, or just even some kind of, like, public service announcement at the end of it, or just something more. Um, so, I, I really uh, don't like Holly J and Declan anymore. I feel like that episode just completely ruined them, uh, to me at least, and um, Holly J and Sav have grown on me as the episodes have gone on, but one interesting thing is the fact that, like, it doesn't look like Holly J or Sav are going to have, like, a main plot this year. I mean, there aren't that many episodes Yeah, left, I agree with so. both of you. No. Yeah. We haven't seen much um, from them. I don't know. I think I all. wanted more... What's the word? I, mean, I wanted more closure between Holly J and Declan. Like, I mean, there was a little bit of closure, but I kind of wanted to, like, you know, know what exactly happened. It was kind of left out in the open. Um, but I agree with you, and uh, I didn't really know about Sav and Holly J in the beginning, but they've definitely grown on me, and I 
I think I like them as a couple now, so we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, basically anything that Ray's in, we love. I just adore Ray, so I just hope he's on screen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my reason. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so and we have to talk about Casey and Jenna and their storyline this year. And that's another one that I have to wonder, like, are they going to have another main plot? Like, <laughs> you know, we're running out of episodes here. But, um, yeah, so obviously... Uh, Casey started out with this storyline about uh, moving back in with his mom, which I, I loved that episode. Um, and then the whole uh, pregnancy storyline, which is kind of what's going on right now for them. So we, I mean, we've talked about them already. <laughs> Bianca, I know you're not a Casey and Jenna fan, per se. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but what did you guys think about like the storyline with Casey and his mom? Because I, I, I liked it a lot, personally. Uh, yeah, I actually definitely liked the story of Casey and his mom. Um, you know, Casey has been, you know, the poor kid. He's been in a, what is it, it's like an orphanage? Is it, is it yeah, an like orphanage house? Home. Is that what they call it a these group, days? A group home. A group home, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, he, I think, I don't know how long he's exactly been in the group home, but I'm assuming he's been there a while, considering he's he didn't want to leave there at some point. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just glad that, like, you know, he, he finally has some, like, um, some solid structure in his life. Because, you know, obviously, girlfriends come and go and all that stuff. But, you know, he definitely needed some strong figure there for him. Because um, I'm pretty sure he hasn't had that in a really long time. And besides, um, besides that group home director guy. But, um... But yeah, I just I hope it hope it works out. I hope she doesn't like have a relapse or something back into mm-hmm. into into drugs because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a good yeah. story plot. But we don't want that for Casey. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I just really like the woman who plays his mom. Like I think she's really good, and she plays like the whole um, like recovering drug addict, attempting to be a good mother thing really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and like her her scenes with Sam, I just I really enjoy mm-hmm. those scenes. I think they're funny. And actually, I, I did um, really like Casey and Jenna in the episode when Casey's mom first comes back. Because, like, I know that a lot of people um, disagreed with Jenna and kind of thought that Jenna should back off and, like, respect Casey's wishes that he didn't want to live with his mom. But I kind of see it from her point of view, too, because I think, you know, for someone who hasn't been involved in that situation, like, you don't understand how somebody can have, like, a re- resentment towards their mother. Like, you mm-hmm. kind of just want to be like, but it's your mother. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to have that understanding. So, yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you know, I mean, I think obviously everybody was saying Casey, like, you know, Jenna back off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, I think, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you know, she just doesn't understand you know, the stuff that Casey went through. I mean, I think Casey said that, like, he got locked in a closet one time by his mother who was, you know, tripping on something, you know what I mean? Like, after that stuff happens to you, you know, you're you're obviously going to be scarred for life, and you know, who wants to move back in with that? So, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, such a, it was such a hard, hard thing for me at the time, like, watching it, because it's like, do we trust the mother? You know, we don't know anything about Casey's mom, except for the fact that, you know, 
you know, she locked him in a closet. So it was like, do we trust Casey's mom and agree with Casey and, and to not go, go home? Or do we want to trust in Casey's mom and, you know, believe that she's really reformed and, you know, really okay? So I think as a viewer, that was really, um, that was really compelling to see, like, you know, who, who do we want to trust? But um, I'm, I'm glad in the end that he did go back with her. Um, Cause I mean, you know, what's the what's the worst what's the worst that can happen? Okay, she she's not fine. He just goes back to group home where he wanted to be in the first place. So I'm just glad he gave it a shot and you know did what he had to do. Yeah, for sure, me too. So I think you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to them because like you know like Holly J and Sav, we've also seen like very little from Casey and Jenna in the promos. So. I don't know. I guess that Halo was supposed to be, like, sort of the conclusion to their storyline, but, like, we still don't know what's going to happen to the baby or anything yeah. like that, so I'm just really confused as to where that's going. Yeah, I hope they wrap it up. I mean, they have to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. At least that's I, It's probably going to end up as, like, a subplot or something, though. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disappointing, but... Anyways... So lastly, um, we want to update you guys on the contest from last week's episode. So in episode four, we asked, how many times has Degrassi been nominated for a GLAAD award? And the answer is three. They were nominated in 2004 for Marco's storyline, 2008 for the Paige and Alex storyline, and then they were nominated this year for the Adam storyline. So Bianca, since the entries were tweeted to you, how about you announce the winner? Yes, I will. Um, (laughs) Just want to say thanks to everyone who tweeted. you know, it's always great to see the response of these things because, you know, we kind of gauge as to how these things are going, you know, if, if anyone's even listening. And, you know, <laughs> I was just really excited to see replies and, you know, responses, you know. So that means you guys are out there and listening. So go- thank you guys so much for that. Um, but we do have a winner. Um, and the winner is, drumroll, um, Tikia Marie. Uh, I hope th- I pronounced that correct. So, um Aaron will be contacting you shortly um, via Twitter, or I will, either way, um, as to how Yay. you'll get your soundtrack. Um, so congratulations. Yay. <laughs> Congrats to you. You got a soundtrack. So um, I guess that's it for Episode 5 of Degrassi Talks. Next week Yay. is going to be really well, exciting. More, We're going to have a brand episodes. new episode to talk about. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Two new episodes, yes, an hour-long mm-hmm. episode, so we'll have plenty of to talk about next week, I'm sure. Finally. And, yeah, we'll get to give our opinion on the storyline and all that great stuff. So if you guys have any questions or comments about this podcast, feel free to send me an email, erin at degrassifans.com, and I'll probably reply to your email and maybe even read it on the podcast if it's pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's it. You guys have anything else? No. Nope, not really. Looking right. forward to next week, and we'll bye. see you guys then. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody.